In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Yesterday in the morning, I was reading uh, some material on my phone, and I came across an article from Time magazine, and the title of the article was, America has reached peak therapy. Why is our mental health getting worse? So the article was basically trying to demonstrate the point that so far in recorded history, we're at the highest levels where people in this country are seeking therapy. And it's not having the intended effect. While this many people are seeking out therapy and methods of coping with life and coping with things that may be affecting them psychologically, sociologically, the intended solution is not being seen or observed. And there's numbers that are given in the article. Among those numbers, the article states that currently one out of every eight adults is on at least one antidepressant, and one out of every five adults has recently received some kind of mental health care. But like I mentioned, the article continues and says suicide rates are at the highest they've ever been, and mental illness also continues to rise. So even if you're not a believer, just as a citizen, just as someone who's living in this society, it's worth asking, why? Why might this be the case? I'm not a psychologist or a therapist or someone who's certified to talk about this manner in a scientific way or from the viewpoint of statistics or mental health, but there are some things in life, there are some things about humanity that anyone who has the ability to observe things, anyone who has an intellect can talk about, can observe, and can make conclusions about. I think this problem, this issue, this observation speaks to the fact that the human being is more than just a body with hormones and desires. I think all of us know that even deep down. Even if we're not people who are religious, who profess a certain spirituality, I think everyone knows that there's something restless about the human heart, as St. Augustine once put it. So what is this narrative from the Gospel tell us about this problem? What can Jesus teach us today with this interaction he has with Zacchaeus, this tax collector? Well, Jesus says to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Words that we'd all love to hear from Jesus. Beautiful words of comfort, of hope. Especially if we hear them after having lived a life of struggle, after having lived a life of pain, of challenges, of going through trials, especially if we're a little bit older, after having raised kids, after having tried our best to provide for our families. And then on top of that, if we're Christian, if we spend our whole life pursuing Christ, imagine Jesus coming to us and telling us, salvation has come to your house. Those are beautiful words, but how did that happen? How did Zacchaeus get to that point where Jesus was able to enter his house and say these words to him? 
Zacchaeus was, like many of us, most likely, was someone who was going through certain things in his life, certain challenges in his life. It was for sure someone who was labeled as a kind of an outcast in his society. If you were a Jew and you were a tax collector, you were seen as corrupt. You were seen as a traitor because tax collectors worked for the Romans. So they collected taxes from their own people, the Jews, and oftentimes did it in an unjust way, in a corrupt way. So he was looked at as an outcast by his own people. He was someone who was labeled as corrupt by his own people, someone who was sort of condemned by his own people. And he was seeking for something. Although he was rich, although he was materially comfortable, although he had material well-being, he still understood that something was missing. Something, there was something in life that he could not provide himself with. And then he hears that Jesus is in town. Jesus is present among his people. So what does he do? What's his response? He's willing to look different to seek this thing that he knows is missing. He's a small man, but he has a big heart, a heart that's willing to attain the goal to look different, to look different in order to attain the goal of seeking Jesus and having Jesus enter his house, having salvation enter his house. Brothers and sisters, for me and for you, this story of Zacchaeus is a lesson, among other things, for how to avoid living a lukewarm kind of faith, a kind of faith that's neither hot nor cold, a kind of faith that's willing to be expressed differently in order to seek what we know is the most important thing in our lives, in order to seek what we know is the authentic, legitimate, true expression of happiness in our lives. And that comes from Jesus entering our house, salvation entering our house. If we do that, if we take that seriously, we ought to be willing to look different. You'll look different if you are an authentic Christian mother or father. That's fine. You'll look different if you discern a path in life like the priesthood, like consecrated life. You'll absolutely look different for doing that, but it's fine. In fact, it's more than fine. It's more than fine to look different for being an authentic Christian friend, for standing up for Christian virtues, for being someone who forgives others when they harm him or do something wrong to them. You look different if you're willing to carry your cross day after day, still able to find joy in life. You look different if you don't go to certain places or forego certain worldly pleasures for the sake of holiness. In fact, that's what holiness means. It means being separate, set apart, different. What was the result of Zacchaeus, a grown adult man willing to run past a crowd and climb up a tree just to see Jesus, just to see him? The result was that Jesus looked back at him. Jesus turned his attention back to him and said, I must stay in your house today. Again, what beautiful words of comfort. What an amazing thing to have happen to you. Jesus, to come and dwell in your house. 
Elsewhere in the gospel, he says that those who follow him, those who follow his commandments, me and my father will come and make our dwelling place with you. And then St. Paul expands on this theology and says that we're all called to be temples of God's dwelling. Brothers and sisters, pursuing this and pursuing it seriously, pursuing it authentically, pursuing it sacrificially is worth it. That's where we see happiness. That's where we see this joyful moment where Jesus not only enters Zacchaeus' house, but Zacchaeus has a complete change of heart. Zacchaeus repents. He basically gives almost all that he has to the poor and back to those that he's robbed through his career as a tax collector. It's not just professing Jesus. It's not just hanging up pictures of Jesus and having statues of holy figures in our homes or rosaries in our cars. Then there's a change of heart that occurs. That completes the journey. Zacchaeus has reached not only being different, but being holy, having conformed himself to Christ, who also gives of himself over to us completely. So brothers and sisters, there's nothing wrong with therapy. If therapy helps us, let us go pursue it. If therapy helps us cope with the struggles of life, that's great. But man is not just a psychological being. Man is not just a being with hormones and desires, like I said previously. Man also has a soul, a soul that has to respond to God calling out to that soul for the sake of its happiness, for the sake of its fulfillment. So let us pray for God's guidance, for God's guidance in recognizing and overcoming a lukewarm kind of faith. And let us pray for the strength to seek Jesus with all our hearts, just as Zacchaeus did. Amen.